Bitter Pill are committed to producing new writing until theatres in the UK reopen. Through the Painkiller Project, we're open for submissions once a month and are producing two plays from each submission window. If you enjoy the play you're about to hear and you'd like to support the continuation of the project, please consider pledging to our Patreon to make a donation that will be repeated each time a new play is released. Alternatively, you can make a one-off donation through paypal.me. Any donation made would mean the world to us. For more information, follow the links in the description of this podcast. And now the Painkiller Project presents Box Ticking. As Ainsley drives a mysterious parcel for a former lover, he contemplates how he has ended up here and what it means to be a modern man. We hope you like it. God, I hate her. The old me would have called her a bitch, but I'm not going to do that. Won't give her the satisfaction. I'm more woke than she gives me credit for. Not that I'm trying to be woke, because that would be pathetic, but... Over time, it's kind of started to just ooze from me, naturally. Not calling her a bitch is the grown-up thing to do too. And I am a grown-up now, as everyone keeps reminding me lately. 30. An adult who does adult things. I wear shirts with buttons, even when I'm just going to the supermarket. Plus, I haven't had a pack of Milky Way Magic Stars in four years come March, which is shite. But, important, maybe. Everyone that gets on the tube keeps eyeing me funny. Looking at my box. Not even my box. Her box. Lucy's, I mean. She told me, Look, I wish I could avoid speaking to you ever again for the rest of my life. Truth be told. And the truth will be told. I don't know why she added that last bit as if I thought the truth might not be told after she had already said outright that it would be. But anyway. I need you to do something. She said, you have to move the box. I know you don't know about the box. I know you've never seen the box. I know once you do see the box, you're going to want to open the box. Well, I'm telling you right now, Ainsley, with the Lord as my witness, and the Lord is my witness, don't open the fucking box, okay? Not till I say. She doesn't swear very often, so I knew she was serious. She told me where to find it hidden away in the back corner of the attic. I didn't even know we had an attic. She said, if you'd looked up just once in the three months we lived in the feckin' place, then you'd have known full feckin' well we had an attic, you feckin' bastard. Jesus, maybe she swore a lot, actually. Regardless, I now find myself carrying a very large ticking box on the tube for her, and I don't quite know why. God, I hate her. All this cruelty, all this punishment, just because she thought I was cheating on her, but she didn't even know the full story. She said I was slippery like a snake. I told her slithery would have been a better word than slippery. Generally speaking, reptile skin is scaled and dry, drier than humans even, so slithery would have been better. I told her she could have used slippery if she was comparing me to an eel or an orca, maybe, but... She couldn't rightly compare me to one of them for cheating on her, which I didn't even mean to do anyway. I don't think she ever had it in her to call me an orca. Coward. A woman opposite me makes a joke about my box to her male companion. The joke isn't very funny, but he laughs anyway. I'm 
glad I never had to lie like that with Lucy. We both agreed that I was the funny one in the relationship. The only joke I ever told that she didn't like was that one about those little Thai foodie fellas that fell down that well or what have you and had to be scoobied out by that fella that turned out not to be a paedophile. And fair play, that joke wasn't bad taste. I'm a big enough man to admit that. Some men wouldn't. But she never gave me enough credit for that. How big I can be. Would a small or a petty man deliver this outlandishly large and arm-achingly heavy box to an unknown location? Their burly but admittedly a bit scorned former lover promised to update them about through a burner email account? I don't think so. Most men would tell her to shove it where the sun don't shine, but I'm not like most men. I stand with women. I stand with Lucy. I stand with my mother. I stand with Fiona, if she's allowed out, though... Fiona probably couldn't stand too close to Lucy being the girl I barely even cheated on her with and whatnot. Maybe I'll stand in the middle, keeping them apart. That way they won't get too emotional. Lucy used to hate it when I called her emotional. Uh, Ironically, she'd get quite emotional when I said it, and even more so then when I pointed that out. (laughs) A lady beside me asked if I can turn my box down because the ticking is getting in the way of her reading. I tell her that I can't very well turn down the box without opening the box and that I can't very well open the box without betraying Lucy's instructions not to open the box. She asks me what the ticking is and I tell her that I don't very well know, do I? She asks if I packed the box myself. I bet you she works at an airport or something. She seems appropriately pathetic. I explain to this wannabe traffic controller or however it is she identifies or whatever that I am merely the box's delivery vessel, the muscle carrying the box to an unspecified location that I'm receiving regular updates about via email and sometimes through a pager some fella in a Prince Philip mask dropped off on my doorstep on Tuesday for a crumbly old man Philip translates remarkably well the mask form I joked to the air hostess or whatever it was that she was that Philip should consider wearing a Philip mask over his Philip face in his day to day. (laughs) She moves down the carriage. The ticking has been getting progressively louder, so a lot of people got out of my way pretty sharpish as I moved through the station. It made me feel like a highly respected paramedic. I receive a new anonymous message, this time on my recently downloaded Gmail app, which I couldn't be more pleased with, saying that I'm running behind schedule and that it's very important that I get the box into a more secure location with less people around ASAP. I imagine that if the box is to be opened, Lucy, or whoever Lucy's liaison with on this whole box fiasco, doesn't want anyone else to see its contents. It could be leaked set photos from the latest Marvel movie or A4 printouts of celebrity nudes. I don't approve of the hacking of those poor women's phones, but at the same time, I find the pictures incredibly erotic, so it's one of those ones, isn't it? Were nudes something to do with Lucy's job? I can't remember. I don't think she ever mentioned what she did for a living, though I definitely must have asked her. Maybe she delivered heavy ticking boxes, that would make sense. I often told her she worked too much. I follow some coordinates to an empty field. Nothing for miles but me. My ears hurt. The ticking is endless. It aches. My head is screaming. I. The final message comes through. 
I think it's the final message because the subject's titled Final Message, which would be misleading if there's more to come. I think I've done a good job. I've righted the wrong, right? Because maybe it was wrong what I did. I, I'm, a, I'm a big enough man to admit that, but no one was really hurt, were they? Lucy's getting her box delivered, and from what I hear, Fiona still did very well in her exam. Six A-star equivalents, and the rest A's I heard, so I kind of messed with her head too badly, regardless of what she said. She didn't look 15, she just looked like a person, and it shouldn't have even been a problem, because I am not that guy. I probably wouldn't have, if I'd have known, I respect women and girls. I wonder if the boxes is meant to tick this loudly or this fast. The final message says open. I, I assume it means the box. Normally I, I wouldn't be so presumptive, but I can't seem to think straight right now. My chest is heavy. I don't know how I got here. I should open the box, I think, though I can't quite remember what gave me that idea. It's overwrought with niggly little clips, but I, I soon have it open. It's smaller than I imagine. The bomb, I mean. Maybe it's arrogance, but I always thought it would take something grander to mark the end. The ticking hastens and I feel finality coming. My mind starts racing, try as I make the stop, but I become inundated with thoughts, incidents, flashbacks to moments of my life and mistakes I've made that might have led me here. I see myself telling Hannah Parker not to eat that extra pudding in year nine because she was already looking podgy, but I, I was a kid and is it, is it really so wrong for a young girl to concern herself with such things? The real world won't hide her from such indignity, so why should I? I see Izzy Slater, my college girlfriend, passed out on her dorm room at night as I stumble in from an evening of ignoring her messages once again. But, but that's just boys, right? Being young, having a laugh. If we can't then, then when can we? I see Lucy on our sofa. She always works so hard not to cry. Suddenly I'm hit with flickers of the same wide-eyed face staring back at me, unrelenting. Fiona, just a girl. Oh, this must be some kind of masochistic mind manipulation because it can't be possible that that's all she ever was. I try to stop these moments from flooding my head, but it's like the ticks open some twisted gateway. This must be someone else's fate, an administrative error of sorts. The sins of another for some reason burrowing their way into my life, finding themselves at my door. But they're here all the same and I find myself now at the end with nothing to do but close my eyes and wait except it stops and then there's nothing silence I open my eyes and the box is gone I look around but there's no one and nothing to see a prank a good one too a cop I try to laugh even if, if it can't quite come out at the time, I thought it was a lucky escape. I couldn't have known then that the damage was already done. The box had been opened. As I dragged myself away, I felt the beginnings of a familiar sound wrap its tentacles around my mind.
It was four months down the line that a doctor told me with certainty that there was nothing wrong with me, that this endless metronome I was hearing and thoughts I was facing were nothing but my own. It was six months after that that I realised that I was no longer capable of seeing a face that wasn't Fiona's. She had moulded her markings into everything I crossed, the feckin' cow, and she had made me start calling women feckin' cows again, like some unwoke bastard, the extra feckin' cow, the feckin' herd of cows, the feckin' murder of cows, the feckin'... Some weeks after that, I realised that there was only one route to resolution. (laughs) It worked out as a year to the day that I found myself once again traversing the city. Returning to that field, to those coordinates that had forever scalded themselves in my mind. Like they'd known I'd be coming back even if I had not. And this time, I had a box of my own. Turns out, if something needs doing, you're always best doing it yourself. Don't leave it to bloody wet. Box Ticking was written by Robert Dark and performed by Connor McNeil. It was directed by Grace Vaughan with sound design by Piers Sherwood Roberts. Thank you for listening. This production is supported using public funding by the National Lottery through Arts Council England.